This is Jason Holleran. I proudly served for 33 years, culminating as the Deputy Commandant at West Point. Put this on your calendar. World War II weekend inside Old Bethpage Village Restoration on Long Island. Scores of operational vintage armor in formation May 18th and 19th. Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman invites you to join him in saluting America's greatest generation and all those who have worn the uniform in defense of our freedoms. That's May 18th and 19th, presented by the Museum of American Armor. From Wall Street to the White House, this is the Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. We're here on Veterans Day. God bless our veterans. And let me just say, Red Apple Audio Network listeners, please support veterans and their families this Veterans Day by donating to the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. All you have to do is go to wabcradio.com slash T2T to donate. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation do all they can to support the veterans of our great country. Please show your support for them this Veterans Day and go to wabcradio.com slash T2T and please donate. All right. Important day, Veterans Day. Anyway, we're going to do some stock market work on Veterans Day. We've got Stephanie Link, Chief Investment Strategist of Hightower Advisors and Head of Investment Solutions, and Nancy Tengler, CEO and Chief Investment Officer of Laffer Tengler Investments. So, ladies, night out. Thank you very much. Appreciate it, kids. Nice week. Uh, kind of good day yesterday, almost up 400 points on the Dow. Weekly gain of 222. Uh, Jay Powell, when he was not cussing out uh, climate activists, closed the effing door. I love that. It's one of his best things in all his term. <laughs> all prices soft. Short-term rates way up. Powell issued a warning. I think we're going to see big economics slow down. The curve is still inverted. All these things floating around. Stephanie Link, I begin with you, master strategist and investor that you are. What's going on out there? Well, first and foremost, we always worry about things out there, right? I mean, the market always climbs a wall of worry. And I have always said that I worry when I don't worry because that means I'm complacent. So there are a lot of concerns out there, as you mentioned. And last week, yes, we ended on a high note. We, we, we consolidated a bit because we actually rallied 6% from the lows. And that was tied to interest rates pulling back, right? And interest rates pulled back because inflation has, I think, peaked. And it looks like it has peaked. If you look at CPI, PCE, look at unit labor costs, look at productivity, one of your favorite metrics, Larry, all of these things point to we are making progress. We're not where the Fed wants it to be. But I think actually on the margin, they are less hawkish because they see inflation is coming down. At the same time, the economy is, is, has held in, and that's tied directly to jobs. I look at initial claims, not non-farm payrolls, but I look at initial claims, and the four-week moving average is at 210,000. Recessionary periods, that number gets to 375,000. So we're not in a, a recession like people thought we would be at the beginning of this year. We're hanging in there. The stimulus continues to provide momentum, particularly on the industrial infrastructure side of things. If inflation has peaked and rates have peaked, that's actually pretty good for stocks. Now, I'm just thinking between now and the end of the year, we can rally based on what I just 
Fed, especially since earnings are better. 2024, I think it's going to be harder. Harder. Yeah, it's always harder. Yeah. Uh, Short-term rates went up quite a bit. <clears throat> 22 basis points on the two-year note, back to 506. The T-bill is 540. The 10-year is 465. That's, uh, my math is decent, 75 basis point inversion, Nancy Tangler. Inverted yield curves generally lead recessions by about a year. We're going to have a recession next year, Nancy Tangler? Hmm. Well, it's good to be on with you and Stephanie, Larry, and thanks for your opening. It was um, the Veterans Day opening was excellent. Um, I wrote a piece last last week or right after the last time I was on um, that this market is analogous, in my view, to the 1990s when I actually was alive and managing money. Uh, and what we had was a situation where we had higher rates. They um, averaged between five and eight percent during the decade. We had higher inflation than than the Fed's target. We were above three percent for most of the decade. And we had uh, war and recession, and yet the markets managed to turn in pretty remarkable results with the S&P and Dow, both well above 400% for the decade and the NASDAQ above 800. So I had written at the beginning of this year that I thought that investors were way too pessimistic about Mm -hmm. stocks, that that has been mostly right. But then previous to that, in May, we, we argued that we didn't think we'd see a recession um, in May of 2022, sorry, and that has proven to be correct. Next year is a different story, though. What I heard during earnings season, and I would love to know what Stephanie thinks, um, was that companies were actually in, particularly in technology, where we're overweighted, but they were raising uh, guidance and also margins. M- m- more than a majority of S&P companies actually saw their margins expand. Could be the great Trump tax cuts, uh, corporate tax cuts. I yeah. don't know, but yeah. um, I, I think that um, the the odds of a recession are certainly increasing, but I'm sort of in the, you know, Ed Yardani rolling recession. We'll see, um, we we are going to see slowing uh, economic growth, but I don't know that we get all the way into a recession. Nancy, you've got two kids in the military. I have one. Thank you so much for remembering that. Yeah. uh, But I thought you had, uh, didn't, I thought you had two kids went to Naval Academy. Just one, yeah. Oh, the other one, one um, played, decided not to play basketball there, and she went somewhere else. So, How, um, How's your boy doing? Where is he? He's in Jack's. He's waiting for his next promotion um, mm. that's obviously stalled in. He, he would be going to work for someone who needs to be promoted. Um, so, mm. you know, it's it, the implications of, of all of that never easy politics are messy but yeah. there's a lot of lives on hold for certainly in the military but we thank him for his service we thank him for his thank service you on veterans thank day you. so stephanie uh all right so tech looks a little better you know what's interesting here it just occurs to me you've got this uh terrible war in israel i mean the idfs they're gonna they're gonna mop up they're not gonna listen to biden and blinken and they're just gonna mop up and they're gonna annihilate Hamas, which is a setback for Iran. But what hasn't happened, the dog that didn't bark, Stephanie, was the, um, you know, Arab oil embargo, $150 oil. Never happened. In fact, it's interesting to me, Steph, uh, both crude and the world wholesale markets, you know, Brent crude, but also retail gasoline's coming down. 
I think that's interesting. I don't know what it means exactly, but it may mean, uh, you know, a big drop off in demand. It could be. It could also be uh, just excess supplies that we're not buying uh, the SPR that like we should be buying. We should never have actually released it to begin with. <clears throat> Excuse me. But I would say that on the flip side, I'll, I'll just turn it positively because, you know, that's the way I kind of roll. Um, gasoline is down 40 cents in the past year. And that equates to $54 billion in potential additional consumption by the consumer. And so for me, I go back to the consumer. They have jobs. They have wages. I know wages have come down, but they're still pretty elevated. Now you have a tailwind of gasoline. Remember not too long ago, a couple of weeks ago, retail sales came in better than expected. I think the consumer is okay. Um, and that's a big part of our economy at 70 percent of GDP. Uh, and I, I, have, I will tell you, in, in my 32 years in this business, I, I, I've never been right when I have bet against the consumer, the U.S. consumer. We are a nation of spenders, whether we have <clears throat> had cash, we have its savings or we take on debt. And for now, they're hanging in there. And that leaves me pretty optimistic. And then again, as I mentioned earlier, along with manufacturing, you know, you look at the Atlanta Fed GDP tracker, Larry, and while we had 4.9% growth in the third quarter, everyone thought, oh, that's one off and we're going to be, you know, in maybe flat to up one. We're running up 2.1% now, and it's certainly early into the into the quarter. Um, just a quick comment on, uh, from, on, um, on Nancy's comments, which I totally agree with on earnings. They have actually held in remarkably well. The revisions are going higher. You, ta- you taught us all. A long, long time ago, that that stocks follow profit on the yeah. way up and on the way down, and numbers are going higher. Eighty-two percent of companies have beat earnings, and yeah. Uh, again, yeah, yeah, margins have stayed elevated, and that's also not only tax cuts. I would say it's also because we are we are lean and mean, and we reorganize and restructure very quickly when we need to, and so Listen. that's why that's why the the U.S. market gets a higher multiple than any other country in the world. Profits are the mother's yeah. milk of stocks. And I agree with your point. <laughs> you're, you're both right. Profits are the mother's milk of stocks and the lifeblood of the economy. I, I agree. I mean, objectively speaking, I think the key point was how many years? 32 years? That was really yeah. the key point. She's a babe. She's a young babe. Do you know, uh, I started at the Federal Reserve Bank of New York 50 plus years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't even do the arithmetic. 1973, okay? I left Princeton grad school and I went to the New York Fed and they stuck me in open market operations. I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> uh, but you know, uh, Nancy, it is interesting uh, on the profit side. I mean, look, uh, one of the inputs to corporate uh, operations is uh, energy. And uh, 79% of our energy still comes from fossil fuels and the price of fossil fuels is easing down. It is easing down. Despite uh, Dingbat Biden's policies, uh, it's easing down. I mean, we're producing just less than 13 uh, million barrels a day. We should be at 15, yeah. but we're, we're at tw- I think the number, the last number I saw was 12.8, 12.9. Um, but, uh, I think that's a, I think Stephanie's right. I think it's right for consumers. Uh, but I think it's right for businesses, right? Businesses 
need power. And mm -hmm. right now, yeah. you know, it's power is too high relative to three years ago, but at least it's easing back down. And I'm keeping right. an eye on that story because I think that's, um, you know, it's a positive. It's a positive. Mm -hmm. You know what else is super interesting? Um, I think Stephanie would agree with this, too. One of the things you learn in this business is who to listen to after you've been in it for her 32 years and my 40. Uh, and I listen when Brian Reynolds um, publishes work, and he just did a piece on inventories. He did uh, estimated the combined inventories of all S&P 500 companies. And inventories are up dramatically, up 21% over three years ago to 78 and a half days asset inventory turnover has declined by a full point. And I think that is going to be the story that we hear in the fourth quarter and going forward, that that's going to put downward pressure on prices for the consumer mm. uh, as well. I agree with Stephanie. And then don't forget net worth because these, um, these consumers have much higher net worth than they had pre-pandemic. And people do spend out of net worth, especially if they're working. And net debt worth. servicing levels are not super high either. They're much below the 80s and the great financial crisis. Well, net worth is about $150 trillion. I love that. Yeah. By the way, yeah. for the debt mongers out there, net worth, uh, debt in public hands is about $26, 27000000000000 trillion. So as a percentage of net worth, it's, you know, it's less than 25%, I think. So I don't get that excited about all this debt craziness and credit mm -hmm. card craziness. I mean, I, I don't think it's yeah. insane. I don't think it's insane. Um, let's take a break. Let's take a break. Then we can talk about Fed policy. We are talking to two of the best of the best, two old friends of mine, by the way, Stephanie Link, Chief Investment Strategist of Hightower Investors, Head of Investment Solutions, Nancy Tangler, CEO and Chief Investment Officer of Laffer Tangler Investments. And we thank her son for his service on Veterans Day. I'm Kudlow. We'll be right back. Larry Kudlow. Now back to the Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. We're talking stocks with, uh, we've got uh, Stephanie Link. Wait a second. I've got to get all your titles in here. Stephanie Link, uh, Chief Investment Strategist of Hightower Advisors, Head of Investment Solutions, Nancy Tangler, CEO and CIO of Laffer Tangler Investments. I don't mean to belittle any of that because you're all working hard. Um, I had a thing on the TV show I wanted to share and get your take. You know, uh, you, you all are fairly constructive on the market outlook. Um, a new poll from Bankrate and YouGov shows that 50% of voters think their financial situation has gotten worse, only 21% improved, and 26% unchanged. So people are rather pessimistic out there. And I do want to add that the Michigan Consumer, uh, Consumer Survey did fall again second straight month, and inflation fears did jump up again in that survey for the second straight month. Um, Nancy, what do you make of those kinds of numbers? People are, it's funny, there's a, there's a lot of pessimism out there. Now, some of this is political. They don't like Biden. They've given up on the guy, blah, blah, blah. But um, I don't know. Their financial situation is their financial situation, and they don't seem happy about it. Yeah, well, I think you nailed it, Larry. I think it's the Cudlow CPI. Food and energy up six point yeah, six percent. Yeah, yeah, and that's what that's what people think about when they you know when they're living their lives. They go fill up even with gas prices coming in. Um, and you know, food is still very expensive. Mm -hmm. And uh, and and you know, we we talk about the changes in inflation. 
Um, but but that doesn't mean it goes away. You know, CPI is up, what, 18, 20 percent since, mm-hmm. since we went on this journey. So I, I do think, you know, I, it's been very disappointing um, to watch this Fed. I, I've been pretty vocal about it. Um, we get these talking points and then the market goes into a spin. So when that happens, I go back and look at the dot plot in September of 2021, where they were projecting rate increases on average of about 1% in 2023 and 2% in 2024. So I, I, I take comfort in the fact that they've been pretty much 100% wrong all the way through. And I mm. use that as an opportunity um, to add to holdings that I want to own in the portfolio. <laughs> <laughs> so just put a minus sign in front of it. But it is interesting. I mean, so yearly inflation has come down, but prices are still up. The key prices, I'm thinking, you're right, mm-hmm. groceries and even gasoline. Now, gasoline is $3.40, uh, but almost three years ago, it was close to $2.25. So people know that. Um, grocery prices are up, uh, you're right, about 20%. And of course, you do have the mortgage rates have eased slightly below 8 but Stephanie Link, mortgage rates have gone up quite a bit. Now you can say compared to the 80s and 90s, mortgage rates are cheap, but you know, compared to the last 15 years with the zero interest rate policy, mortgage rates have suddenly gotten very expensive. That's what people do feel. And I think that's um, a problem. Well, it is. In the housing market, you, you're seeing kind of the, the two different scenarios play out. On the one hand, New, new home sales are up 32% year over year. Uh, and that is a function of the fact that we have a very limited supply. We're 5 million homes short in this country, and we've got 5 million millennials that are just starting to, to buy new homes or their first home. On, a, on the flip side, existing home sales, they've actually been down 16 of the last 18 months. Right. And that's not surprising given mortgage rates. 92% of the people that own a home have a mortgage under 5% in this country. Why would you ever sell your home with a 345 mortgage and go for a 7 or 8? Of course, that makes all the sense in the world. And that's why interest rates watching the the the, the interest rate picture is so important. I, I will say in the 50 basis points that we've seen in contraction in the 30 year uh, yield in the last month or so, mortgage applications actually went up. And so you can see the direct connection. But we're not out of the woods. Absolutely not. Back on to CPI. CPI has gone from 9.1 to 3.3. Next Tuesday, we get the CPI. It's expected to be 3.3%. I totally agree with both of you. The, I don't look at the core. I mean, we all look at food and, and gasoline. That's how we mm-hmm. live. So the main number, 3.3, three, we've really made a lot of progress. Um, and we'll have to see what owner's equivalent rent uh, does. I think that number is poised to move down. Uh, So that'll be a big piece of it. Um, I'm also really curious about this sentiment of 50% of voters that think that they're in worse shape, especially given that wages are 4.5% growth, average is 2 and if you change a job, you get 8%. I suspect a lot of that 50% are in the technology industry and in the financial services industry, because those are the two areas that you see in pretty big job cuts. I bet you the 21% that are actually feeling better about things are in the services industry, which we know remains on fire. So I think I'd like to know a bit more of that breakdown. Um, but I go the other way. I mean, when everybody's kind of cautious, I kind of want to start looking at the at the glass half full. And again, I, I, I point to jobs. Initial claims is the thing that I'm looking at. And if we start yeah. to inch up higher and higher, that's when I'll get worried. Well, I just think it's interesting on this financial uh, conditions 
I mean, look, the Dow is at 34,000 plus. That's a big number. The mm -hmm. S&P is at 4415. That's a big number. Uh, I don't know the exact number, but there's uh, Grover Norquist, uh, there's about 135 million Americans who own retirement accounts with index funds or some kind of stock market. But it's mm -hmm. mostly, mostly, you know, tax advantaged retirement funds, defined contributions, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, how bad can this be? I mean, mm -hmm. it looked real bad last year, right? You were off 20% something at one point. But um, at the moment, I don't know. America's going to survive. That's, uh, how about that? America <laughs> is going to survive on Veterans Day. That's right. The two of you <laughs> are just fabulous, fabulous people. Stephanie Link, thank you ever so much. Nancy Tengler, thank you ever so much. God bless your son. Folks, I'm Cudlow. We're going to take a break. Uh, we'll come back at the new, uh, next hour. John McLaughlin, ace pollster, is going to talk about some of these midterm elections. And um, what is the presidential outlook? I'm Kudlow. It's Veterans Day. We celebrate our nation's veterans. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.